Interconnectedness is a concept we are truly passionate about at BBNR. We look at it as an extension of the concept of whole health encompassing not only your body and mind, but really the entire planet. We cannot wait to introduce you to our dear friend, Taylor Bland, Conservation Nation fellow who is doing incredible work with wolves in Yellowstone, deepening our understanding of interconnectedness. She is going to share her insights with us at the Achieving Optimal Health Conference this year. Her work is really fascinating, so please join us to meet Taylor and all of the other extraordinary guests. Just visit our website at AchievingOptimalHealthConference.com to register. People are yearning for information. Having the opportunity to encourage people and to educate people and inspire people. It's amazing to be able to say we'll carve out time to take care of ourselves. There's something for everyone. Dr. Mitra Ray joins us today on HealthGig to talk about rest. And that's spelled R-R-E-S-T. And rest is a method to help overcome childhood traumas and daily stress in order to live a life of clarity and purpose. Dr. Mitra Ray has been in the wellness field for over 30 years, and we're delighted to welcome her to HealthGig. Thank you. I really appreciate you asking me to be here. I'm so glad you're here. And I only wish Trisha were here because she is so interested in this topic as well. But I'm going to try to fly the flag for both of us. But I wanted to start by just learning a little bit about you, about your background, about your parents and your family. I know you're an immigrant. And I just, as an aside, we honor immigrants on our program and are very proud of the accomplishments and their contributions to America. After all, we're all immigrants, right? Right. But I'd love to hear about your background. Sure. Um, Yeah, I was born in Kolkata, India. And when I was eight years old, my parents immigrated to this country. And I grew up on the East Coast in New Jersey, went to Cornell for my undergraduate got my bachelor's degree in engineering, and then came to the West Coast. I got my PhD at Stanford Medical School, and then came up to Seattle, Washington, where I met my husband, Doug Barlow, and had children, and now I have adult kids. And I came to Seattle initially to do research, ended up staying here, and actually leaving academia after about 10 years in the research world to find my own health journey I was really looking for solutions for my own health, and that's what led me to come outside of the halls of you know, academia. Even though I was walking the halls with Nobel laureates, I was not finding the answers that I needed for my own health. So I started to look elsewhere, and I lost my father. They are immigrants two times around. First time when they were children, when the British left and India was divided, they had to immigrate from what is now Bangladesh. And then they immigrated again as adults with children. So that's a lot of stress, right? Yeah, it's a huge amount of stress. So my dad died of his second heart attack, and my mom died of Alzheimer's. And I lost my father just uh, a few months before my firstborn. And he loved children. And I and I know that he would have so enjoyed being a grandfather. And my mom, because of her dementia, also, she loved children, and she couldn't really get to enjoy being a grandmother either. 
So I really vowed that that would never happen to my children, that I would live to see my grandchildren and maybe even my great-grandchildren. And I wanted to be healthy and happy. And I, I just wanted to get the most out of life. And so it was really my own health that led me on a quest of learning everything about nutrition, physical fitness, and now uh, emotional and mental wellness as well. Yeah. So you started out with nutrition and you did a shift. Yeah. And what inspired you to make that shift to emotional wellness? Yeah. It wasn't so much of a shift, but an add on. I still counsel people on nutrition. But what happened is my really good friend, ever since we were first year graduate students, my good friend, Dr. Cindy Scholes, she got her PhD in neuroscience also from UCSF. And we've stayed friends all these years. We've led kind of parallel lives. And she developed a technique called REST, which is rest with two R's. And it stands for rapid reprogramming of emotional stress technique. And she showed me, you know, what it can do because she worked on me when she was first figuring it out. And it really changed my life, Doro. I mean, I really thought I had, I, I knew I had a challenging childhood being an immigrant, but I thought I had put the past in the past and I thought I had done really well. I've done well in my life and I've been a, even a successful entrepreneur helping other people become healthy through nutrition. And I, I thought I was really on top of my game, but I didn't understand that I suppressed so much of my emotions. And, you know, do you ever do things that you regret later, like you yell at people or say something or do something that you regret? Yeah. Yes. And those are moments of stress that are rooted in our childhood. And when Cindy started to work on me, it shifted my world so dramatically that I just said, we, we have to partner together and form this company, Rest to bring this, you know, technique to the rest of the world, because it is an absolute game changer. And I really feel like in our world today, having now experienced what rest can do with thousands of people, I just know that everything that is going on in the world today, I now attribute to childhood stress. We make poor decisions as adults, whether it's politicians, whether it's world leaders, whether it's scientists, whether it's engineers, whether it's teachers, any sector of society, construction workers, it doesn't matter. We make bad decisions or do things we regret when we're under stress. And that stress is always, always rooted in childhood trauma that hasn't been healed. That's so interesting. So we're talking not necessarily about severe trauma, like you know, abuse or different things like that, but it can be the smallest of traumas, right? Yes. And that's the part that really is intriguing because, you know, the CDC and Kaiser Permanente did a study, very famous study, studying actually middle-class suburban folks and realizing that you know, even in that population, people had real trauma, what adults would consider trauma. They learned that most people had at least a couple of what they call adverse childhood experiences. And those were like parents, neglect, abuse, divorce, 
parent dying, incarceration of a parent, those kinds of things we would consider very tragic. And it's amazing how so many people actually have those kinds of traumas. And they even determined that if you've had six or more of those traumas, then your mortality is affected because lifespan is reduced 20-fold by having six or more of these adverse childhood experiences. And that's when the world first realized how much our childhood affects our adult health. Now, 20 times more, consider like cancer reduces lifespan by seven to tenfold, depending on the cancer, or COVID by twofold, or even smoking by sevenfold. Smoking sevenfold and childhood trauma 20-fold, and those are real traumas. But what we're learning through rest is the average person doesn't even need to have trauma as described by a parent. Mm -hmm. But trauma in the eyes of a child, Doro, that's the really most important part to discuss today, is that we don't appreciate how when we're born, we're purely emotional beings, because we don't have a logical filter. So we're as emotionally complex as we're ever going to be. We have, you know, babies, even in utero, we start to develop our emotional brain first and our logical brain sort of last, you know, as by the time you're 25, 26, then you have a logical brain. And it might take you into your 50s and 60s to integrate your emotional brain and your logical brain and have that, you know, wisdom that comes with age. But most of us, you know, when I think about people in their 20s and 30s, especially after COVID, these emotional traumas from childhood are really plaguing us. And we think it's because we've been cooped up for two years. Or even if you look at a soldier who comes back from a war with PTSD, even that has its roots in childhood trauma. And those traumas don't necessarily have to be big ones. They just have to be Moments when a child felt like they couldn't handle their emotions or their emotions were not understood or soothed or taken care of, that left an imprint in the subconscious mind. Some bad code was written is how I describe it. And we go back to that bad code whenever we feel bad. We go back to one of those poorly written code moments from childhood and start to act like children when we're stressed as adults, because that's what comes up physiologically. And when that happens, you lose access to your thinking, creative, executive function brain. You just act like a five-year-old throwing a tantrum or, or whatever, or afraid or scared, or all the childhood, you know, all the fear, all the stress responses. Yeah. I mean, that made so much sense to me when you said I really thought I had a great childhood. And I feel the same way. Like I'm the luckiest person in the world. I had loving parents and everything. But yet there are times, and I'm in my 60s, that I react to something in kind of a negative, you know, I find myself being sort of slightly triggered by something. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it makes sense that it would be something that was imprinted in your childhood. And we don't realize the emotional challenges that we have. We realize them, but we just think that, that, that something's wrong with us. Yeah. And I just want to, I'm here to say there's nothing wrong with you. Those are just, as you said, triggers. Triggers are bad code you wrote to survive a moment during your first five years of life, most likely. And we can 
erase them. We can delete them. And that's what REST does is we delete one code at a time. Every REST session deletes one of these pieces of bad code you wrote. They're survival codes that you don't need anymore. Right. And so we can get rid of them. So you can live a joyful life, right? Truly, like from the inside. You know, we're taught, see, the reason you think you had a great childhood is because you've read all these books about probably, I'm guessing, you know, think positive, do affirmations, be grateful for, you know, all the good things in your life. And those are good to do. I'm not saying don't stop <laughs> doing them. They allow us to kind of move forward. However, you still cannot do anything in that moment that you're triggered. You're not going to be doing affirmations. Right. <laughs> you know, you're going to be triggered because you've lost access to your executive brain that has taught you to do affirmations. And we can get rid of those moments. Uh, well, that sounds amazing and great. So walk us through exactly how rest works. So the other day I was upset with my husband. Okay. And the reality is that it was our anniversary. Okay. I'm thinking back to a moment in the winter when I was going to go skiing and we had bought seasons passes and I wanted to go skiing because it finally dumped snow in the mountains and we had had a late start to winter this year. And so I wanted to go skiing. So I told my husband, can we go skiing? And he said, well, we can't go today. It'll be so crowded. And I said, well, how about tomorrow? I just have to move one appointment. I thought he heard that. He said, sure, but we'd have to get an early start. So we had this whole discussion. Great. Then later on, when I'm saying, okay, so what time do you want to get up in the morning and go? And he said, oh, I made plans. And I got so upset. Like, what do you mean you made plans? You know? And he said something about, well, and he was making a mess and I was telling him to clean up his mess. And he got upset that I was telling him to clean up his mess at the same time. And then we started talking about the skiing. And between him making a mess and him getting upset that I asked him to clean up the mess, I kept getting annoyed and he kept getting annoyed with me and we just started battling back and forth. And then he said he's going skiing with a buddy. And I felt really bad. I felt like, wow, he doesn't want to ski with me because it's a powder day and he wants to go with somebody more capable than myself, blah, blah, blah. And then finally I said, you know, it's our anniversary. And he had forgotten that it was our anniversary, you know. And so then he told his friend and his friends like, well, you're not going to ski with me on your anniversary. And then, you know, we worked it out. But in that moment, I felt so like I was brooding in, in my room. I was so upset that he didn't want to ski with me. And we just had this whole unpleasant couple of hours that we didn't need to have. That was a trigger. And I actually did a rest session on it. And it turns out it had something to do with when I was a child and my older cousin didn't let me play with him because I wasn't good enough to play with him. At Jack's, do you remember that game with yeah, Jack's, yeah. right? Yeah. They, he was playing Jack's and he didn't let me play. And I was only like two years old and my coordination wasn't good enough to play well with him. And that moment, I had all the same emotions that I was experiencing, same complex set of emotions. So during a rest session, you talk a little bit about what's going on right now, but then we immediately hook into an emotion that you're experiencing and take it back and that we use that emotion to like a rest 
coach is trained to go into your subconscious mind using that emotion to find that two-year-old incident you know that very first time it's very important to go back to the very first time you felt those emotions and then there's this thing that you do when you're stressed when we go back into time neuroscientists have shown in that moment we have an opportunity because that emotional memory has been triggered to rewrite that memory we have about 20 minutes to rewrite that memory so we use acupressure points and biofeedback to basically go back and find all the emotions that you felt and neutralize each and every one of them. And as soon as you do that, you feel pretty good in that moment. And then when you sleep on it, your brain completely reorganizes that night. And after three nights of sleep, especially, you know, water and sleep are your friends after a rest session, your brain has completely rewired itself. It now knows that when a situation feels like that again, you now have completely adult coping mechanisms and you are not going to be triggered like that. So what I found very interesting is that was in the winter, is that I just went sailing with my husband, and we had similar kind of interactions, but I just wasn't triggered. I just was no longer triggered. I'm not triggered by him in the same way that we've been married for 25 years. Those triggers have happened for 25 years between us that really don't happen anymore. I can feel the familiarity of it, but I'm not completely, I still have access to my adult brain. Adult brain. Right? And yeah. I can go, oh, I'm probably misunderstanding this situation. Oh, he means well. You know, I can justify it and I oh, can- Oh, you're able to access yes. the adult tool, yes, sort of. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's interesting. So interesting. Makes for a happier marriage, I'll tell you that. I would say so. <laughs> That's encouraging news. <laughs> when I think about it, I think, geez, I don't know if I'd be able to go back and actually remember the childhood experience. You don't remember because there are two major kinds of memories that we have. And one is an autobiographical memory, which by the time you're five, you build something called a hippocampus in your brain where you can store those memories. But before then, you don't have a fully developed hippocampus. So an autobiographical memory is, is you kind of remember the who, what, where, and when, you know, so, and that gets stronger and stronger. But the other part is an emotional memory, an implicit memory, it's called. It's purely a physiological memory of emotions and how your body reacted in that moment, the heart rate going up, the skin temperature changing, those that stress response, you know, the whole cascade of not so pleasant physiological reactions. That's where you put yourself in jeopardy is when you constantly trigger all those stress responses in the body. You know, you shut down your immune system, you shut down your digestion, all these things happen and your heart rate is all over the map. So that is not a healthy state, number one. You shouldn't hang out there for very long. And also, you lose access to your thinking mind. Now, during a rest session, you don't have to do anything. The rest coach is finding the memory. Chances are, most of the time, 99% of the time, people don't remember the memory. We don't want you to relive the trauma. We just want to neutralize the trauma. So it's not like you have to do any work. You don't have to remember it, and you don't have to suffer through it again. You might have a cathartic emotional release where, you know, you might shed a tear of relief. People feel huge weight being lifted off their shoulders. They didn't even know they were carrying that weight around. So we find things that are unexplained to you that trigger you. 
You know, you don't have to do the work. The rest coach does all the work. It's very easy to do a rest session as a client. Yeah. Yeah. Something just came up in my mind when you were talking about that. I had an uncle that I just never felt close to and I I just couldn't figure out why. I just didn't feel close to him and I felt badly because I loved him. At one point a few years ago, I had a flash in my mind and I was standing on the end of a pier and I remembered he pushed me off. Oh no. And it was into the water and, you know, but it was Maine and it was cold and it was a shock mm -hmm. and I didn't know he was going to do it. And it just made me think, sometimes do these memories just flash in your mind? I mean, is that the kind of thing that you unearth? Yeah, it could have been that moment. And the fact that you remember it, it may or may not have been that moment, but it could have been. And the thing is, during a rest session, your body doesn't lie. We depend on your body's stress response. It's not like in psychology and therapy, you're depending on the therapist's training on, you know, them guessing what kind of, we've given ourselves so much language in psychology, like, oh, you know, maybe you're passive aggressive, or maybe you have this kind of disorder, or that kind of disorder, whatever. That's not what a rest session is about. A rest session is about you and what's going on for you in this moment and your physiological responses and tracking on your stress and chasing it all the way down to see where when it started. It's all about your brain and no theory. There's no theory behind it. You know, well, there is a lot of neuroscience behind it, but there isn't a, we don't have any predetermination. We don't have a handbook on these are all the kinds of memories that got written or anything like that. We just follow your path. It's so individual. I call it non-invasive laser-focused brain surgery because that's what we're doing. We're literally snipping neurons, snipping connections that make that trigger happen. And then when you sleep that night, because of neuroplasticity, you make different connections that allow you to learn how to adapt because we soothed all the emotions that you experience in that moment. So now your brain has learned a soothing mechanism. So when those emotions come up against similar emotions, you now have different neural circuits that you're building at night to cope with that moment. And then that, the coping mechanisms, and it's beyond coping. It's like having the freedom to choose how you're going to act. Are you going to act like an adult or are you going to, you know, you can, you might still choose to get angry. I might still choose to get upset with my husband but I can feel myself making that choice, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what makes it different from other therapies. Yes. Is that it's this individualized program that doesn't rely on theories or doesn't have a handbook mm -mm. where you can say, oh, this is this disorder or something like that. Yeah, a rest coach has a different handbook, which is, it's a step-by-step -step process. You know what to expect during a rest session. You talk for a little bit about what's bugging you. We identify the emotion. We use that emotion to find our way in to what happened. We ask kind of, it's a, you know, biofeedback 21 questions kind of game, like how old were you? What happened? Who was involved? Et cetera, et cetera. And we draw kind of a sort of a Black, it's not exact. It's not perfect. It's your memory. You know, it's the memory of a young child. So it's not like it, we're seeking the truth. We're not interested so much in what happened. 
and placing blame on so-and-so who hurt you and blah, blah, blah. That's not the objective. The objective is what were the emotions you experienced? How old were you? It's more the age and all of that. It's almost like curiosity, what might have happened. What's most important is we have to make sure we go to the first time it happened and we have to make sure we get all the emotions that were triggered in that moment because those emotions are neural circuits and we have to neutralize them. It sounds like a therapy everyone can benefit from. Everyone, everyone. Yeah. Because if you had a childhood, you can benefit from rest. Sounds that way. So how many sessions do you recommend? I recommend 10 sessions because the thing is each of these triggers actually becomes the foundation of a belief system. Like we all have different belief systems. Some people have belief systems about how they eat and what they can or cannot eat, even though their doctor may be telling them you should avoid these foods, but they're like, no, I can't. And they fall back on their belief system or they have belief systems about their body and their physical fitness and how much they can achieve or not achieve or their you know ability to succeed in life or their career or their ability as a parent or as a partner in life, like as a romantic partner, whatever it is, you have belief systems that are the pillar belief systems. And these pillar belief systems were created, unfortunately, from triggers in your life as much as the good stuff. The good stuff also helps you create belief systems, but the triggers created maladaptive belief systems, belief systems that aren't working for you. And we can break those down. So if you do 10 rest sessions, that's changing 10 fundamental triggers that have plagued you all your life. That's going to break down some maladaptive belief systems that are going to change fundamentally who you are, because we literally change your past. So we can change your past. We can change your future, right? Yeah. How it makes me think of mindfulness a little bit in that mindfulness, you're noticing your thoughts and your thoughts are just thoughts. They're not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. Does this differ from mindfulness? Well, you know, I am actually a certified yoga instructor and I really do believe in meditation. And up till, you know, we have something like rest, that's kind of all we had is mindfulness exercises, meditations, even heart coherence exercises, where you learn to use your breath work. When you breathe, you stimulate the vagus nerve, which is also how your heart and your brain are connected through the vagus nerve. That helps you manage your brain, by the way, gets a lot of its information from your heart rate. Your heart rate is very dependent on your emotions. If you're in a relaxed state, your heart is beating in a different way than when you're in an active, aroused, excited state versus when you're upset and angry. Each emotion has with it a different heart rate pattern, which sends a signal to your brain and gives you either great access to your entire brain or very limited access. And most of it, like if you're in a stress state, then the vagus nerve is sending a different signal, which triggers one of these memories, which sends a triggered physiological response back down the brainstem instead of up into the brain where you can use your logical brain. So what we do with rest sessions is we, when we get rid of the triggers, then you don't get into that state to begin with. Mindfulness allows you, it's different. It's like you have to do it through repetition. You have to do meditation ongoingly for years and years and years. If you think of the mind like a garden, 
meditation, mindfulness, that's like planting good seeds and watering that garden so it can flourish, right? So that's what mindfulness and awareness does. Rest pulls out the weeds. Okay. We got to pull out the weeds. Because <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sometimes, and even when people are trying to do mindfulness, we can be watering those weeds, unfortunately. That makes sense. So you've started this company. Mm-hmm. So are you training rest therapists or what's going on with your company? Yeah, we do two things. On one hand, we train people who are coaches and want to add this amazing tool to their toolbox. We train doctors, we train chiropractors, we train all kinds of people who have a client base and are looking for that extra edge on how to help their clients get results. Because a lot of health challenges have an emotion, like I have a naturopathic doctor who's become a rest coach. And she said it was the missing piece to help her clients really make the changes that they needed to make. She could give them all the advice, all the supplements, all the things necessary to get healthy. But it was the emotional piece that was sort of the missing link that really put all the pieces of the puzzle together. So that's one thing we do. We have a rest academy that certifies coaches. And then on the other end, we also provide rest therapy itself to people. And people can buy bundles of three sessions, five sessions, and 10 sessions. I can tell you that if this sounds right to you, I would recommend a 10-session package because that can really, really be... We have not had anybody who's done 10 sessions who hasn't been totally blown away at how different and how much it's in, impacted their life in a positive way. Like it's it's completely life-changing. It's been life-changing for me, whether, you know, you could, let's say you're trying to give up alcohol, or let's say you're trying to give up smoking, or let whatever it is, or let's say you're trying to further your career, or be a better mom, or a better wife, or a better husband, or a better mate, or better, whatever it is, make more money, whatever is getting in the way. I've helped people, they're trained, but they just got stuck in their business, you know, and all of a sudden, they do some rest sessions, And we don't talk about how to run your business better. We talk about what are the emotional triggers that are getting in the way of you finding your true brilliance. When we shed away all these triggers, what emerges is you're surprised by how smart (laughs) and capable you really are when you're not triggered by life every other day, you know? Yes. Wow. So this is all done virtually? It's all done virtually, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. What's interesting in the wellness world, like any world, it's always changing. And emotional health, emotional wellness has sort of hit its stride, I would say. Why do you think that is? Well, I'm sure COVID has a lot to do with it. You know, like there are more apps being developed for like mental wellness And now emotional wellness is surpassing mental wellness because people realize by mental wellness, what we really mean is emotional wellness. You know, I don't know how many people are realizing that, but I am realizing that is (laughs) that it is definitely emotional wellness that allows mental wellness because when you're triggered emotionally, again, you don't have access to your mental wellness, your ability to think and act like an adult because you're emotionally triggered like a child, you know? And to me, that's what's going on. I don't care if you're talking about Putin or if you're talking about your teacher or you're talking about your 
you know, husband or your boss or whatever, or your, or how you react to your children. It's all about your childhood triggers. Whenever you act or whenever you feel out of control, it's because you are out of control. It's because your emotional brain has hijacked your adult brain, your adult thinking brain. And that's what rest can really do. And, you know, people don't think of it as important as oxygen, but it really is as important as oxygen. Your emotional wellness. I mean, what, what is life? What is success? What is any of this if we cannot be joyful and happy about it? If we can't enjoy relationships, you know, rest has made me a brave person again, like a child. It's like having the emotional freedom of a child. Emotional freedom, first of all, let's talk about emotional freedom for a second. Yeah. Right? We're not allowed to, you know, if somebody dies, people have expectations around. They even question, should I grieve? How long should I grieve? You know, like everything that happens in your life, you question yourself. Like, how long am I allowed to be depressed? How long am I allowed to be upset that this happened or whatever? A child does not think that way. Right. You just are free. You're just free. Imagine having that emotional freedom and the courage. And a child also loves freely, loves people freely. How many of us love freely anymore? We're always questioning, are you worthy? Are you, oh, are you going to hurt me? Oh, you know, there's all these, all this other chatter going on in our brain, the, all the triggers, right? The, strong, the stronger the positive emotion, the stronger the negative emotion that goes along with it. It's like this yin and yang in our brain and our emotions all the time. A child doesn't have that. If we could integrate our childhood brave heart with the experience of an adult, that's what rest does. That's what 10 sessions will do is help you come closer to that integrated brain. Now, I really believe doing 10 rest sessions and then people who do 10 rest sessions and also see the value of whenever something's up, they just know now there's nothing wrong with them. They just have to go talk to a rest coach and delete a code and get rid of a trigger, right? And so I also believe in that sort of regular mental flossing, you know? So once you have a rest coach, you do 10 sessions and then I would say, keep them in your back pocket for whenever something happens just do a rest session. No need to suffer. There's no need to suffer. Right. Yeah. That's so encouraging. How do people find you or find rest if they want to sign up? Yeah, it's rest with two R's, rest.com. And if you go to find a coach, we're actually, you know, I know a lot of people, this may just sound like so crazy because it's so different and new than what people are used to. We are running and also we're upgrading our technology right now. We're running a sale on a three session package at half price. So you can go to rest.com and find the three session or the five session or the 10 session bundles. As I said, you know, 10 sessions will change your life. But if you're skeptical, you might just want to take advantage of that three session package at half price and see how you do. And the reason we don't offer single ones is because you have to establish a good connection with your coach. And we never know if the subconscious mind is going to be ready during that first session or if that first session is going to reveal something necessarily a big thing that you will actually notice. So after three sessions, you start to kind of give yourself a shot at this kind of approach to how you can manage your mental and emotional wellness. You know, if you manage your emotional wellness, your mental wellness comes along for the ride, and so does your physical wellness. Yes, it's all connected. So since you're integrating your child brain and your 
adult brain, what age can you do rest? Because there are probably teenagers that struggle that could benefit. Yeah. So how does that work? Yeah, that's a really, really great question. We can work with anybody. We can even work with pets. I've even done rest sessions on babies in utero that just didn't want to come out because there's something called generational trauma as well. So there's epigenetic trauma as well that we carry with us. So we can work with anybody at any age. I've worked with children that have had stress and they're having physical challenges and they're stressed out and have different issues. You know, it doesn't matter what the age is. We can work on anyone, whether they can even verbally communicate or not, believe it or not. Wow, how interesting. Well, this is so encouraging and so exciting, really. Thank you for coming on to share with us all about rest. And I hope people will find you and find some joy in their lives. Thank you so much for having me on, Dora. I I really, really appreciate it. And I know that rest can be just a complete emotional and mental game changer, which has such far implications for our lives. Thank you for joining us on Health Gig. We loved having you with us. We hope you'll tune in again next week. In the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and follow us on healthgigpod.com. I'm Trisha. And I'm Doro. Be well.